Hi, everyone. Welcome to the season two premiere of Winning as Women. I'm so excited to kick off the season with a chat I had with one of my enablement idols, Steph White. What I love most about our conversation, and frankly, what I love most about Steph, is how effortlessly she balances the human side of enablement with the tactical side. She speaks with the same conviction whether she's diving into what it takes to find your spark or looking at deal conversion by stage in the deal cycle. If you aren't following Steph on LinkedIn already, you really should be. And if you're still not convinced, you will be after this episode. So please enjoy the season two premiere of Winning as Women with my guest, Steph White. Hi, I'm your host, Jody Geiger, and welcome to Winning as Women, brought to you by the Compete Network, powered by Clue. So today we're talking about enablement, and enablement today is a lot more than just creating playbook content and training on product releases. In today's world, if you're not impacting revenue and measuring outcomes uh, of your initiatives, it's really hard to prove the value of the work that you're doing. And in today's market, especially in B2B tech, positive revenue outcomes, they are hard won. Uh, so how do we as revenue enablers drive results that actually impact the bottom line? And more specifically, uh, how do we do it when selling, growing, and retaining business is more challenging than ever? Well, lucky for us, we are gonna get some of these questions answered because we have Steph White, who's the Senior Director of Revenue Enablement, uh, joining us, um, and she's at Lupio, but she's joining us today, and we couldn't be more excited to have her. Hi, Steph. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here, and though I'm not sure I have all of those answers, I'm happy to weigh in on some of the things I've learned along the way to benefit everybody. Perfect. And if you are in Revenue Enablement, uh, and you have been living under a rock because you haven't heard or know of Steph, um, stop what you're doing immediately, seek her out <laughs> and connect with her. Uh, you will find Steph, she's uh, you know actively influencing, supporting, celebrating uh, her peers and revenue drivers, revenue leaders, revenue enablers uh, in our market and community. And she's been recognized for best practices that she's created, as well as specifically fostering that community. Um, and so, yeah, the thing that I personally love most though about Steph's work um, so far is her deliberate focus on the people aspect of revenue enablement. And yeah, I'm just very excited for this conversation today. Anything else, Steph, that you, you'd like to add here? No, I'm just very excited, Jody, And I'd love to hear from you along these as well, because not to be discounted is all the experience that you have as well. Uh, so very much looking forward to it. Excellent. Well, let's jump in. So you know, enablement, as we say, like the market today is a lot different than it's maybe been over the last 10 years. But I would love for us to uh, kind of hone in specifically on 2020 to today, looking at the pandemic, a bit of the the boom of tech over the last couple of years. And then where, what is it looking like today? And where are folks at today? What are we focused on? I think the most graphic and honest way I can probably describe the last three years for anyone, especially in SaaS, um, has been a bit of whiplash, right? If we think about 2020 to now, it was high speed, high speed, high speed. And then last year, it was just like, whoa, stop. And we all kind of did this like collective, okay. And I think 
a couple of things happened through that. We were all running so quickly, trying to do as much as we can could for as many people as we could, that it was every idea is possible, every program's possible, just do, 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 do. And while that may have been a really productive time for getting things pushed out and live, there were perhaps some things that we didn't all invest as much time in or as much thought in as we could have been. And now we're at the point where there's this forcing mechanism because we can't do, 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 and things are slowing down where we really have to take a minute and hit pause and be thoughtful about what we've done in the last several quarters or a couple of years and what we need to do go forward. And I think that's for me the really interesting piece of where we're at. If we think, you know, park the whirlwind of the last couple of years, where are we now? Now is the time we need to actually sit, pause, reflect, and come up with a best game plan go forward. So it's almost what I'm hearing in this is that we were so focused externally, and now is the moment for us to pause, get a bit more introspective, yeah. um, and figure out where actually do we need to simplify? Where do we need to focus our efforts? And what do we need to prioritize? Yeah, and I would say that's both for the businesses and the teams we're leading but also for ourselves. And I think this is where the conversation can start to get really interesting. After a couple of years of running ragged and trying to do all the things for all the people as fast as you could, where are you at now? How are you feeling? And what does this mean, not just for the business that you're going to support, but you as you're figuring out your age two of 2023? So what are you doing? Where are you at? I think I'm at that classic point where there's almost been this mindset shift from so what, because the last six months has been like, okay, market has shifted. Okay, our customer base is responding differently. And we've been asking, so what? So what are we going to do? So what now? So what this? So what this? And I'm almost off the like, what now? What now in terms of the most meaningful stuff? So I've gone a little bit deeper, certainly, the last couple of months. For those who follow me, you may have noticed I dropped off for about two months. It was a little bit more quiet. So I was getting getting down deep with my internal bucket and figuring out what fuels me. But I think that's what we really need to be doing right now. Because especially as enablement people, we have been giving, giving, giving. And while, you know, my friend Roger Jefferson will say we give to give and we are fueled by that, we also need to give to ourselves. And so for me, that's where I've really been thinking of my bucket was empty a couple months ago. I was empty. I was tired. I couldn't think of new and creative ideas. And I was really struggling. And so what was it that was going to enable me to be able to enable other people again? And so I got a little deep and I have a feeling based on your facial expression, that's where we're going to go right now, Jody. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I think, you know, it's funny in my, um, well, it's funny, not funny. I guess when I say funny, I mean, it's, it's so normal uh, when we're running so fast. I mean, I think we all experience it in our personal lives where you're going, 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 you get on vacation and it's like you get sick. You're, you know, the second that you stop and your cortisol levels drop, your body goes, ah, we can rest. We need to actually deal with this. You know, we've had this virus that we've been putting off until this moment. 
Um, I feel like it's kind of a little bit like that as well in our work um, sense. And so I'm, you know, I'm kind of curious from a, if there's any tactics or things you're specifically doing when you say you got quiet, you know, you started to get a little bit of deep, a little bit deeper uh, into what it was that you needed to fill up your cup. Uh, what specifically were you doing? Yeah. So I am an extrovert, probably not surprising for a lot of people. And I've been working from home for three years. And so to combat the fact that it's me and my four walls of my 12 by 12 home office, I was doing a lot of virtual socialization. And I needed that, right? I needed that to be able to sustain who I was as a person and continue to be connected with new people because I love connecting with people. But all of that was happening at such a clip and because of everyone juggling so much, it was, you know, 15 minutes, 15 minutes, 15 minutes, 15 minutes. And so none of it was going deep enough. It was all surface level. And while shaking hands is great and high-fiving new friends is great, it was really the deep conversations and the deeper relationships and more meaningful connections that I needed to invest in. And so for me, it was the recognition of, okay, I can't talk to, let's say, 10 people a week anymore. I'm going to be really purposeful about I'm going to spend two 45-minute phone calls a week instead of 6.15, and I'm going to talk to two people over my lunch breaks that really resonate with me, that they inspire me, they challenge me, I can add value to their world, that it is very much a relationship, not just an interaction. And that really started to help um, it helped in a lot of ways. It gave me some real talk back from other enablement leaders who, you know, gave it to me straight and just said, like, you're burning out, love. And you're losing your sparkle or you're, you're just not, you're not showing up as your normal self. And I needed that. Um, so really connecting on a deeper level with people and having that shared experience that goes beyond, here's what your priorities are for the quarter and instead going a lot deeper. How are you thinking about your career? And what does that mean for you and your growth goals? That shift certainly helped. Um, it also was, you know, a matter of getting out. And, you know, for those who live around the world, I live in the Toronto area. The winter is not kind. Jody, I know you're out <laughs> on the West Coast. So while it is gray, a lot of the times it doesn't get quite as cold. The seasonal changes have a very real impact. So getting outside, getting running again, those physical aspects made a big change for me in relation also to having those deeper connections. So really just focusing on what are the things that mean the most to me? Deep connections with friends and family and get out and move. Let your body work through the stress. Let your body pent up its own excitement for positive reasons. Climb that mountain nearby, you know, go up to Grouse, go look at, you know, the skyline and go be inspired by life. Because at the end of the day, your nine to five doesn't matter as much as your five to nine. So finding that balance again was really important. Yeah, beautifully said. Um, and I, what I'm picking up here that I think is so important is we, you know, we get energy from so many different places. And the place that especially external processors or extroverts, um, we I think we tend to go to the external first. 
and the the quick hit of dopamine that comes from uh, you know connecting with so many people. And I know that for for me during the pandemic, it was the first time where I actually had more space for myself because I'm also an extrovert. And that was such a gift and I think learning moment for me um, in that I can, you know, I, I value deep connections and deep conversation. I don't love surface or small talk. You'll often go, you know, click very quickly <laughs> to a deeper level in conversation with me. Um, but it's it's not just the like we it's the it's the combination. You know, we need those moments of quick hits and we need the external, you know, deeper, but we also need that internal processing time. And I think the piece that um, that is so important here, especially as revenue enablement leaders, is that we we are getting outputs and inputs across so many different functions, you know, externally in our market as well as internally in our organization. And it's that space that we need to give ourselves to actually connect those dots. Otherwise, you know, we're moving so quickly that you're, you know, you're taking in things and you're maybe making some fast assumptions or moving to action quickly without stepping back and going, whoa, hold on, how is everything connected here? Um, and that's what I'm hearing in, in what you're saying is that by slowing down, you make those connections, you have a bit more space for your own internal thinking and processing, and then you're then able to show up with more clarity and conviction in what it is that you're doing. But beautifully said, Jody. Um, yeah, I mean, it is truly that slow down to speed up, slow down to get real about what matters to you and what fuels you. And it's about you, like drown out the noise of all the metrics and all the demands of growth plans and all that stuff for everybody else. Because once you connect with what's fueling you, well, the fire gets lit again and off you go. And instead of feeling exhausted and like you are scraping the bottom of the barrel to come up with new and creative ideas. You find yourself in a meeting and you go, so here's a fun idea. Anybody open to this? And it's not that the work becomes effortless. It's just not as effortful in a way that drains us. Yes. The thing I've been thinking about, and this is, it's so connected to what you're saying, is I sometimes hear from people, you know, I don't, I don't feel as much pas passion in my work as I used to. Or I don't find my job as inspiring or my role as inspiring as I used to. Um, you know, how do, what, do I look somewhere else? And my answer always is, you work, you work from within. Like, you start there. Um, I truly believe that, that we have to find passion uh, within ourselves. It's not your job's job or your company's job or your manager's job to inspire you. We have to consistently, you know, turn ourselves on in terms of inspiration. Right. We find that within, um, you know, I, I the reason I was thinking about this is my first job, I was a lifeguard. I was just as inspired about making sure the floor was clean of all the disgusting, you know, hair and things left <laughs> as I am, you know, working in my passion, which is with people. Uh, and it truly like I I'm like, I am doing this job. It matters and I'm going to do it to its fullest potential. <laughs> And you can't manufacture that for somebody else. And you can't look outward and ask someone to bring that for you. Yeah. Okay, so this is the internal work. Now shifting to the external, uh, the metrics that do matter. If you um, had to give some, uh, maybe two of the things that revenue leaders in today's market should be measuring and should be reporting up, what are those two things? 
I only get two. You get two. <laughs> We've got to prioritize. We can't do too much stuff. <laughs> Man. Okay. So I think if you're in revenue enablement, there are, the reality is you need to be finding the focus between new business acquisition, which yes, has slowed down. The number of opportunities has decreased. Therefore, every deal matters more than ever. And I know some people will talk about sales velocity and some people will talk about, you know, win rates and percentages. I actually right now am going through our sales process and looking at what are we seeing that's different in terms of where we're losing deals. The reason why I'm going there instead of looking at deal length cycle and all of that is because I want to figure out what's changed with our customers buying journey. I want to know, has anything fundamentally you know, modified? We hear things about budgets getting more restricted. Is that coming up at a different point in the conversation now than it did six months ago? And by focusing in on those elements and where it actually aligns in the buyer's journey, it allows us to get a lot more tactical and strategic with how we're enabling our sellers. Do we need to bring up certain things earlier? Should we be looking at having you know, a different form of a mutual action plan. Because if we don't at this point, what we're seeing today here is there's an increased need for it. So I'm really looking at what our win rate percentages and loss rates are by sales stage as one key metric. And then the other piece is customer retention. We can't talk about new business without being equally as focused on keeping the customers that we have and keeping them very, very happy. Budgets are getting cut. We know this. But at the end of the day, tools that add value are painkillers, not vitamins. And people will do everything they can to use their budget to keep it. So those are the two things I'm really zeroing in on if I only get two. And it's to make sure that we are being very targeted in how we're supporting the buyers in their journey and how we're continuing to add value to ultimately drive retention. Very cool. Uh, we are focused on, on on the first one. We're we're approaching things really similarly right now. Um, one thing that, and, and maybe just to build on what you were saying, one thing we're doing is looking at conversation. Let's say we know, um, we know throughout our, our sales cycle, there's typical moments or milestones that happen in a conversation. And similarly, we just the buying journey in general. So everything from awareness, you know, through retention and expansion. Um, but there's similar things that happen in moments in each of those stages, right? And what we're doing is we're looking at the internal motions and we're actually starting to try to label them as this is what good looks like and tracking and tying them to, and here's the close rate on this deal when this person says this thing versus here's this seller's um, close rate when they're doing things a little bit differently. And what's the response from the customer and how does that you know shift and change? And bringing it down to that kind of micro level and being able to overlay not just a win rate, but also label this as the behavior and track that uh, has been really, really fascinating to look at. I love that. And I think if you have a call recording tool um, you know, like a bright purple one, for example, um, is very popular. Um, but making sure you're leveraging trackers and smart trackers, 
like exactly what you just described, that's huge. We need to understand what is making the difference today. Absolutely. So I wish that we had, you know, 20 more minutes at least um, to speak. Um, but we, I'm hoping we can probably have you back on at some point here to continue this because I feel like we just scratched the surface. Uh, but what I love to ask guests, and especially based on the, the topic of our conversation today with the world having, you know, changed so much and we're facing, um, a, you know, we're an, an unprecedented time. Uh, what are you using to define winning today for you? So my why is truly connecting with other people. And, you know, we talked a little bit about going deep and, and, you know, what fuels you. I think what is so unique about right now is we've been through lots of change individually as humans. You know, we, we grow up, we go away to school, maybe we marry a partner, maybe we don't, maybe we become a parent, all what kinds of life changes. But right now is a time where we as a collective have been experiencing very similar things over the last three years. And for me, success on a personal level is having those, I'm going to call it like electric moments. Um, you know, for any Transylvania kids movie fans out there, they call it like a zing with another person. Um, but those like electric moments with another human where exactly as you said, Jody, you can click and you can click quickly and you don't even have to know their last name. But that moment you connect with another human and you realize you just you're there and you get it, that's my success. And whether that is with a new salesperson or whether it is that moment when you're supporting a sales manager and they've been struggling and they suddenly get it or in your personal life, with your child or your partner, those are my moments for success. Because for me, it's connecting with people. That's my why. And that makes me feel like as I look back and as I think back over the years, those are my proudest moments. The moments you can connect with another human and help them see the potential or the greatness in themselves that they may not otherwise see. Beautiful. And this is why you're an enabler. I love it. Thank you. Um, and Steph, it's been such a pleasure, pleasure chatting with you today. Uh, and I truly am excited to have you come back. Because like I said, I really do feel like we could go a lot of different uh, different ways in conversation together. And I'm also excited to follow your journey. I know you've you know been quiet and now you're starting to step back out again. And I'm excited to hear your voice and hear some of the things that you're testing and trying out. And if others want to follow along, where can they best find you? Yeah, so the best place to find me is on LinkedIn. And I'm there pretty much every day. So come along, connect with me, message me, and let's have a conversation. Thank you, Steph. Thank you, producer Ben, and everyone on the Compete Network who helps produce this show. I'm Jody Geiger, and this is another episode of Winning is Women.
Hey everyone, and welcome to my ad promo for the Competitive Enablement Show on the Compete Network. I'm your host, Adam McQueen. And on season three of the show, we're talking to product marketers and competitive professionals that are looking to give their teams a competitive advantage. I mean, I guess we already did that for season two. But for season three, we're doing it again, but bigger and better and bigger. So join me, producer Ben, and video Grayson every Thursday for the Competitive Enablement Show only on the Compete Network, powered by Clue.